0: Hey, guys, um, whoo, yeah, I, I was excited to share this message with you, but now I just want to tell you, like, after singing that, like, if you're here tonight, I just want to tell you, man, he loves you, golly, he loves you, and, uh, and Lord, and I just, yeah would you just overwhelm us with this love may it just shock us in a beautiful way may it be awesome again god i want to pray for anybody in here who's just who's known you for a long time and they're just they haven't been in awe of you in a long time and just need a fresh move of your spirit, um, would you do that tonight? Just refresh us. And God, if there's anybody here who's maybe never really, really, really tasted your love, I just pray that tonight you'd help them to know it. I just pray. God, you know every heart in this room, and you know what we need to hear And you do love us. You climb any mountain, tear down any wall, give your life so that we would know you and your love. That's good news. So have your way now with your word. May it be alive and active by the power of your spirit. We just ask for your grace and your mercy to have ears to hear and hearts that are open. So we can really, really receive this good news. Yeah. Pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Whew. Well, um, so Thursday night, um, our Life Together group was, uh, was hanging out. We were celebrating. Uh, Daniel, where are you? Where's Daniel, 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 Daniel? Daniel over here. There he is. Daniel just finished his master's degree, and so we were celebrating celebrating his uh, accomplishment, and, um, and uh, finally, I, I went outside, and I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing inside? It's so beautiful out, so we, we went outside, and it's super windy, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, on the other side of the house, and Susie actually goes, she goes, no, I go, is that lightning? And she goes, no, I think it's just something flashing. <laughs> And the, but the reason she said that, because I don't know if you guys were watching, but it never stopped. It just, it just was going like this. It just non, It wasn't like a lightning and then a thunder, and then you'd wait for the next bolt. It was just, and so I mean, and I so I pulled back my chair so I could just watch. And it was just amazing to watch the storm come in and, and just and just flash the, the constant lightning and the power and the glory. And then all of a sudden all I could think was, oh, the people who were camping up there. and we're actually camping this next week, and then I was like, thank you, God, that we didn't camp this week, and um, so anyway, so we totally enjoyed it. I live in Sugar House. I don't even think it ever rained on us. We we just got to enjoy the show, and then uh, the next day, uh, Jason Dunn, who was up here, texted all of us and said, hey, you guys, we were in Draper, and we were actually part of the devastation that took place, so uh, did you guys know about what happened in Draper? Yeah, So Jason lives up there, and sure enough, while we were going, wow, look at this lightning show, he and his family were literally taking buckets and and trying to get rid of the water out of their water wells. Their whole backyard was already flooded, and it was like a waterfall. And while they were doing that, his wife and his kids were down in the basement room, and it just busted right through their wall. And so, uh, yeah, so Jason was not enjoying the show like, like we were. And um, when I thought about that, I go, what a definition of sin. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. When I looked up, the first thing I looked up when I looked up sin was the guy said, it's the tragedy and suffering that mark human experience (laughs) as the the result of sin. Because basically, everything was good. His house was right. And then all of a sudden, everything wasn't right. And when things aren't right, they destroy things. And they caused pain and they caused suffering. It was anxiety. It was trauma, traumatic. That's, it wasn't right. And so um, tonight, you guys, we're, we're, we're gonna talk about sin. And um, we're in the series called I Gotta Get You Into My Life. And we're talking about what eternal life is. And again, if you don't know, eternal life doesn't mean you just get to live forever in heaven. You do, and that's very, very cool. But eternal life, Jesus said, is that you know me, is that you know me. It doesn't mean know about me. It means this personal, intimate knowing. It means you share life with me. So that's what we've been looking at. It was, okay, so if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna grow in my knowledge of Jesus and knowing him, then I gotta get him into my life. I gotta bring him into all the areas of my life. But then also, I, gotta, I, do, I, get, I need to get to know who Jesus is. And I need to see who is he and what is his life like? And I need to join him in his life. So we've looked at things like, man, Jesus says, I'm a servant. So we looked at, well, then we got, we got to serve. Jesus has moved deeply with compassion when he sees someone who's in need. And so then we need to be moved from when we see someone who's in need. Um, he shares in suffering. And we learned, talked about that. And then we looked at the different things about our life. You know, how, how do we get him into our work? <laughs> how do we get him into our relationships? How do we get him into tonight? How do we get Jesus into our sin? So um, as I've gone, almost every week as we've done this series, the beautiful thing about eternal life is the Bible tells us Jesus is eternal life. So he's everything that's good, everything that's right, all the peace and the joy and the love, the freedom. That's who Jesus is. And what's cool, if you actually let him into your life, and if you really follow him, there's three things that happen. Number one, you will bless everybody around you when you do it. When his ways always bless everybody around you. Number two, you end up actually being full because Jesus said, I came so you would have life to the full and you become free. And the third thing that happens is God actually gets glorified by our lives. People get to see him. It's a win, 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 okay? So when we talk about sin, well, then what's sin? You know what sin is? Sin is when we do things that hurt the people around us instead of bless them. Sin is the stuff that actually causes our hearts to become empty and in angst and end up being destructive instead of full and free. And when we're living in sin, our lives actually defame the name of Jesus instead of of glorify it. So it's just the opposite. So one brings productivity in life, and the other one brings destruction and death. So if you actually wanted like the sin, as far as the word and the definition in the Bible, in the Old Testament... It means you missed the mark. You miss the mark that God has set for man. Um, I've, I've shared this before in the Greek, in the New Testament, it kind of means the same thing. So when a guy would take a bow and arrow and he'd pull it back and he'd aim for the bullseye, every time he missed it, they'd yell out the word for sin, Hamartia! <laughs> you missed it. So it means you missed the mark that God has set, but it also means a revolt against that standard. Like, I'm not just missing it. Sometimes it can be more intense and say, no, I'm just, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to revolt against it. And sometimes sin means a deviation from or a twisting of the standard. So it's anything that's wrongdoing, unrighteous, and, and injustice. And ultimately, you guys, ultimately, sin is just, it's a life that's separated from God. In any area of our life where we say, God, I don't want you in my life, okay? I want to run it. That's the essence of sin. Because then he's not God, you are. And we've just defamed him, okay? Or any area where God says, hey, this is the way I've revealed it. This is what will bring you life. This is what will bless everybody. This is what will bring me glory. And we say, I'm not interested, and I'm not going to do what you want me to do. That's sin. That's sin and it causes us to be separated. In the New Testament, Paul helped us to understand something really, really important about sin. And that is, it is an inner reality, a warp in the human nature that's bent away from God towards ourselves, and every stinking human being has it. We all have it. We're just born with this bent that wants to be in control, and we want to do our own thing. And that's why I love Romans 7 where it says, why do I do what I don't want to do? And why do I do the very thing I don't want to do? Okay? Now, here's what I know. There's not one of us in this room who isn't doing something that you wish you weren't doing. And there's not anybody of us in this room who isn't what did I say? Doing, who isn't doing what you don't want to do and who's not doing the things that you want to do. And wherever that's happening in your life, it is keeping you from being full and free. And it's keeping you from being the best blessing you could be to your spouse, to your kids, to your parents, to your coworkers, to us here at church, it just is. And God, as we were worshiping and I've been as all week long, I, I just am so excited to share this with you because Jesus actually would love to come in to your sin. He would love to come in to the stuff that's hurting you, hurting others, and to fame in his name. All right, so let's look at it. Um, what if we asked Jesus and we said, Jesus, will you come into my sin? Here's the first thing that'll happen is Jesus will come with grace and truth. If you ask him into your sin, he's gonna come with grace and truth. John 1.14 says, the word which is Jesus became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Hey guys, the most glorious thing about Jesus is grace and truth. So what's truth? Truth, you guys, is all reality as God has revealed it, okay? God's the only one who actually knows the truth. He alone knows the reality of all created things. So what that means is he's the only one who actually knows what's right. (laughs) He's the only one who actually knows what's good. He's the only one who actually knows what will bring life to all of us. And so when Jesus comes, In fact, the the scripture says in John chapter one, verse four says, in Jesus was life and that life was the light of all mankind. So if you go, Jesus, I want you to come into my, all of my life. Go ahead, come in to my sin. You know what he does? He shines that light of reality into our hearts. He will always shine the truth about your heart. And what happens is it exposes our sin. He actually shows it to us. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is, partly, this is partly as a human, why we're not interested in God sometimes. Because you know what sin does, you guys? What's the normal response? When you're doing things you don't want to do, what's your normal response? You feel guilty and you feel shame And whenever you feel shame, shame always causes you to hide. And so when you're hiding something, because you don't want anybody to know, and why don't you want anybody to know? Because if I actually let you know what I'm really like inside, you're going to pull away from me. You're going to judge me, and you're going to love me. So when God comes into our life, and Jesus comes in, he goes, I'm going to come with truth, and I'm actually going to shine light inside your heart, and I will show you what is broken and I will show you what is wrong. Now, you guys, that's, that's a gift from him. And by the way, here's the other thing that's really important to understand. He knows what sin is. We don't. We like to think we know what it is, and we like to make our own judgments about this is right or this is wrong. That's why in our culture today, what is it? It's whatever's right for you. See, so what that means is you get to decide But here's the deal. If you actually want to say, Jesus, God, come into my life and come into my sin. He will show you what actually is destructive in your life. That's just what he'll do. But he's full of truth and grace. He's full of truth and grace. And I'm telling you guys, this is the most powerful. I believe this is the most powerful thing on the planet. What is grace? You know, we, we kind of have this general definition that the churches use called undeserved favor. We call it grace, which means, because the word means gift. So it's a gift. So it's purely from the heart of God. So it's true. You don't earn grace. You don't work for it. Just like you don't work for a gift. It is something that God freely gives to us no matter who we are, no matter what we're doing, Okay but here's what grace is, you guys. When God gives you his grace, it is to help do for you what you are incapable of doing. That's what grace does. It does for us what we can't do. One of the guys that I was studying, he said, grace is God's divine assistance through the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus... Points out your sin. In fact, when I was in college, <clears throat> the president when I was there was Dennis Kinlaw, and Dennis was an older gentleman, and uh, he was pretty thin, and he had really bony fingers. I don't know why I remember that, but you, but he, you could see him, and I'll never forget. Him. We had this big pulpit. It was you guys remember you guys know Asbury College. It's where this revival has been going on this last year. That was my, my alma mater. Um, but when when Dr. Kinlaw would speak, there would be this big podium, and every once in a while he kind of like I do sometimes, he'd be just like this and he'd lean over and he'd look at us. And one time, and and you guys, I heard countless messages and I don't remember very much, but I never forgot this one. He said, just remember that the finger of God, and he pointed that bony long finger. He said, and don't ever forget that the finger of God that points out your sin is always connected to the hand to help you with your sin. God never comes with just truth, which this is. It always comes with grace. And his hand can do for you what you can't do. So just know this. If you say, Jesus, I am so struggling with this area of my life I can't beat it. It's hurting me. It's destroying my relationships. I don't like it. Would you please come in? He will come with truth and with grace to help you, okay? Now, here's the second thing that'll happen when you let Jesus into your sin. Jesus will not share in your sin. He just won't. 1 John 1, 5, and 6 says, this is the message we've heard from him from Jesus and declare to you, God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. That word fellowship again, I always make jokes because I grew up in the Methodist church where we had the fellowship hall, right? It's where you have donuts, uh, which by the way, I brought the Dunn family because I'm like, the only thing I could help with is, I can't help you with your house, but donuts help everything, don't they? So, but it's at the fellowship hall, what is it? What is it? But fellowship, it, it, earlier in, in the passage, it said, we proclaim to you the eternal life and our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So again, eternal life, fellowship means you're sharing in something, okay? So when the scripture says, if we claim to have fellowship with God, okay, I'm experiencing him, he's in my life, I'm with him and we're walking this thing together. And yet we walk in darkness. We lie and don't live out the truth. Hey guys, walk, walk in darkness means living in it. It doesn't mean sinning because every person on the planet is going to sin and fall short until we see him face to face and he changes us completely. But you can't walk in it. You can't just make it the normal pattern of your life and say, hey, I'm fellowshipping with God because here's what God is saying. I'm light and I can't fellowship with sin. And you guys, that's a good thing. It's a good thing that we have a God who can only be loving, who can only be good, and who can only be right. And this is really important for us, you guys, because I I think some of us in this room, and we'll get this here in just a second, some of you sitting here right now, your issue we're probably on one side or the other. For some of you, your issue is you do. You are feeling guilty today. You have shame today for how you're living, and you, you are in angst today, and you're hiding, and you're trying to cover stuff up. But there's other of us on this side who are sinning, and it's okay. You, 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 you literally are doing things that you know God doesn't want you to do, and you think it's all right. And what this is saying is like Jesus is saying, listen, If I do come in, if you want to invite me into your sin, he goes, I'm going to come with grace and truth, but I will not, I cannot participate in it. I just can't. And so there's no way that we can be experiencing eternal life, the fullness of who God is. In fact, look what the scripture said at the end. It says, if we do this, it says we lie and we do not live out the truth okay? So you you just can't. And if you're not living out the truth, you're not living out reality, which means you're not living out the good things that are in our life. And I'll get to this in a second later in the the message. But the scripture just tells you guys, God can't be mocked. He can't. You do reap what you sow, okay? Whatever we do, there are consequences to those things. And that's why Jesus says, I really do want to come in, okay? But please don't be don't don't mock me. God God can't be mocked. Don't think that you can repetitively, willfully, continually live in a way that's outside of me, and think that you and I are tight. Okay, because I can't have fellowship with that. That's an important thing because I think there's a lot of true believers in Jesus who have thought it's fine. In fact, the scriptures say, what should we say? Should we just sin just increase so grace will increase? And he's like, no, no, sin is destructive. Why would God ever participate in something that's hurting you or hurting the people around you? And he just never will, okay? So Jesus will never share in your sin. Here's a third thing. And this is what's, here we go. Jesus, if you ask him into your life, Jesus, come into my sin. He will remove your sin. Thank you. I'm telling you guys, I know some of you are sitting there and you're, you've been Christians for a long time. I've been one maybe longer than you. Been in, I've been for a long time, all week long. This has not ceased to amaze me again. It's just his grace is amazing. In John chapter 1, 29, John the Baptist, as he was getting prepared to introduce Jesus to the world, here's, here's what he said. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Peter said, Jesus personally carried our sin in his body. So somehow Jesus actually said, I'm taking your sin and I'm putting it in my body on the cross so that we can die, we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Jesus takes away sin and he takes it literally away. All I could think about, again, I had some thoughts of my mom recently this week and that, you know, my mom passed away from cancer and, uh, and some of you have battled cancer. you know loved ones who have battled with cancer? It's like, and again, all cancer is, is cells that take and take and take from the body and they don't give anything back to it. And it destroys the body. And I remember walking through uh, with my mom when, and, and looking at cancer. I said, it, it feels like cancer is like the physical demonstration of sin. And so, and you know what you want to hear? Man, when you, when, when you have cancer... And you go in to see your oncologist. You know, what do you want to, you want to hear the oncologist say? It's gone. it's gone. The sin, the cancer is gone. And I tell you what, man, the people who've heard that and have experienced that, wait, we got cancer survivor right here, right? <laughs> yeah, I was over it. I was with Bernhard and he's like wearing a shirt. I'm a cancer survivor. And, uh, but I mean, but, but when that, to get that news that it's gone, is like woo, and what the Bible is what Jesus says, if you'll let me into your life, and if you'll let me into your sin, I will take it away. Man, I, I had so many passages to try to share with you. I boiled it down to this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 says this: By the will of God, we have been made. Holy, okay. What does holy mean? The word actually was a word for taking a pair of scissors and cutting a cloth in two, and so when you would do it, you you set it apart, so you separated it, and that's what holy means. So when you're made holy, you are separated unto God, and what the scriptures tell us is by the will of God we have been made holy. You've been cut away from sin and made unto God. How? Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Why? Because of the body? Because Peter told us because he carried our sins in his body. So he took them from us and he placed them inside himself. And through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, which was carrying our sins once. For how many of them? All of them. Once for all. And then he goes and he gives us a little Old Testament understanding. He goes, in the Old Testament, he goes, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. And, and I was studying, I didn't understand this, but in the Old Testament, when the priest was doing his, his duties, and what were they doing? They were sacrificing animals. They were, there was always a death that had to be done to create a, uh, the blood, the forgiveness is in the blood, and they would sacrifice these animals. And day after day, the priest stood and did that. And, that, and that, uh, this was a new thing that I learned this week. The reason he was standing, you know why he was standing? Because the work was never done. It was never done. Look, look what it says day after day, every priest stands and he performs his religious duties again. And again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. So in the Old Testament, in fact, in verse three, chapter 10, it says all the day of atonement, which was the, the big day, once a year when, when the sacrifice was all for sins was given, it says all that sacrifice did, it was just an annual reminder of their sins. They couldn't take it away. And then look at this. But when this priest, when Jesus had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he did what? He sat down. Because the priest had to stand because it was never done. But when Jesus offered his sacrifice once for all, for all times, one sacrifice for sins, he sat down. Because what did he say when, it was on, when he was on the cross? It is finished, done. He sat at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. And oh, you guys, if you want to memorize a scripture, this is one of my my scriptures that is so important to me. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. By one sacrifice, Jesus made you perfect. How long? Forever. The scriptures in this section is so beautiful. Hebrews 9 and 10. It says, the blood of Christ, by the blood of Christ, Jesus actually entered into the true holy of holies, not the temple that was built by men, but he went into the very eternal holy holies of God. And there he offered an eternal redemption. I tell you, man, and right here's the key, you guys. This is the key to your freedom. And can I just say, I just want to tell any of you who are sitting here today, and by the way, this this, this struggle to not know, I know this. Oh, I know this. I've been teaching it for 36 freaking years. I know this. But I've shared here with you, in the last few years, it's been hard for me to believe it. So if you're here tonight and you don't feel free, if you're here tonight and you feel shame, if you're here tonight and you feel guilty, if you're here tonight and you're hiding because you think you still carry your sin, you've been buying an eye, a lie of the enemy. Unless you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin. If you've been afraid of God because you don't feel like you've been good enough and that He standing there saying, clean up your act, and then if you do, I'll accept you. You guys, that is not good news. That is not good news. The good news, the good news, the gospel, is that Jesus looked at us and while we were still sinners, That's when he died for us. So if you're here tonight, I'm telling you the key, and even even some of you who are Christians and you're not free, you got to believe this. You, when you receive Christ, you are in Christ. We're going to celebrate baptisms tomorrow, okay? Baptism, he says, don't you know that when you receive Christ, when you were baptized into his death, that means made one, in Christ, in the death. And what did he do on the death? What did he do in the body? He took all of your sin away from you and he put it in himself and you don't have none. You have none. Because it went, all went into Jesus. And then he says, not only were you baptized into his death, you were baptized into his resurrection. Christ is in you and the risen Christ rose in perfect holiness. So, so this is the key right here. We must believe. Once the scriptures say, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Oh man, this verse, this is so important to know. But now he, God, has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Come on, man. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, Holy? (laughs) No blemish. Honey, honey, look at me. Holy. (laughs) No blemish. Free from accusation. I'm telling you, man, every time we look in the mirror, all I see is everything, every way I fall short. That's what I see. What's that? Oh, you missed the mark. Yeah, I'm missing the mark. I'm missing the mark. You guys missing the mark? Okay. This is why Jesus came. So he could take every time you missed the mark. And I I tell people all this time, how many sins had you committed when Jesus died on the cross? You hadn't committed any of them. And so we're sitting here going, well, maybe he forgive me for that one, but he can't forgive me for this one. It's like, Seriously? You guys, years ago, I remember I was in my 20s and I just blew it horribly, and I just like beat myself up. And I was sitting there, I just felt so in shame, so much shame. And literally, all of a sudden, the scripture came to me where Jesus says, streams of living water flow from within those. And I'm like anything but a stream of living water right now. I'm all damned up. I feel like a swamp, just stuck in my sin. And then Jesus said, streams of living water flow from within those who believe. And the spirit helped me that day. And he said, seriously, Dave, think about this. That's the one sin that wasn't in Jesus' body when he was on the tree. Is that what you believe? You believe that one. Come on, man. He forgave Paul who was killing people. There is no sin. There's no sin that you've committed. There's no sin you will commit that wasn't in Jesus' body on the tree. And you are forgiven and you are clean. You are holy, without blemish, and free from accusation. I'm telling you, this is so hard to fathom all week long just to stop and go, this is amazing grace because I ain't doing that, and you're not doing that. The only one who could do that is the grace of God. And that's why we're saved by grace and through faith. So are you at peace with him today? Are you at peace with God today? Are you free in your heart today? And if you're not, man, I tell you, how much more, Hebrews 9.14, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Let the blood of Christ cleanse your conscience. Not your goodness, not your efforts, just the blood of Christ. Jesus Jesus, come into my sin. So what do we do? We confess our sin. Hey, Jenny, I'm jumping way ahead. Um, I have a master's class on sin. If you'd like it later, I could take you through a few days of of content that I can't get to, okay? But what do we do? What do we do? Number one, we got to fix our eyes on Jesus, you guys. When sin, when you sin, you have to fix your eyes on Jesus. The Spirit of God is in you, and he will always be reminding you of the truth, the truth in Christ. And the truth in Christ is that you are holy and without blemish and free from accusation. And this was not in my notes, but this just hit me really strong. Let me tell you something else It's amazing. Is the Spirit will also remind you of the truth that the other person that you're ticked off at and angry at and won't forgive. They're holy and without blemish and free from accusation too. Not because of anything they've done. They got the same grace you got, you guys. So what do we gotta do? If you're stuck with sin, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12:1 and two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. You guys, so can so you, like, I think I've shared this with you guys. I started a couple years ago. I literally take communion every morning now, every morning. You know why? Because I want to wake up every morning. And I want to look at the day that I just lived. And if there was anything that was against God, anything that hurt another person, anything that I'm doing that's destroying my life, I want to confess it as quickly as possible. I want to remember Jesus. And I want to remember, and we're going to take communion here in just a second. I want to remember that he gave his body for me while I was still a sinner. And in that body were all my sins. He's taken them away. And then when you take that cup, I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. And Jesus said, here's my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sin. Do you guys, that's why we worship. The reason we worship is we got to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we got to remember his love. We got to remember his grace. And we got to remember his truth. We got to let him come in and convict us of our sin so we can turn it right around and give it back to him. It's why you got. It's why I have to be in the word every day. I'm in his word of truth every day. So his word, because 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all of God's word is God-breathed and it's useful to teach, rebuke, correct, and train. So I read his word because the truth, Jesus is full of grace and truth. His truth lets me know, David, this wasn't good. This wasn't of me. That's a gift from him. And then you can turn it back and give it to him. And it's why we need each other, you guys. You know, it's so interesting at the end of this passage in, in, in Hebrews that I, led, I read to you, it says this, um, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You guys, what do we do with our sin? you got to fix our eyes on Jesus. And remember, he paid for it all. He gave his life. He took all my sin in his body and he shed his blood and I am clean. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Okay, band, come on up. And then what you do is then you approach him. You guys, you just got to come to Jesus and you got to present your sins to him and you can do it with confidence. I'm just going to read this verse. Hebrews 9 says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near to God. Okay, hey, if you're blowing it, don't run away from him. Draw near to him with a sincere heart, and with the full assurance that faith brings. Jesus, I believe you're the savior of the world and I believe that you died for my sins. I believe you took all my sin and put it in your body. The full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. To do what? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us all of our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. Jesus, oh Jesus, yeah, come into my sin. Come into my sin. Come in with your truth. Shine your light on my heart. Show me anything that's defaming your name. Show me any way, any place where I'm saying, I don't want you in my life. Show me anything, God, that I'm not doing that you know, I know that I should be doing and I'm not doing it. Show me any place, God, where myself is king and you're not. Come in and shine your light. And then Jesus, come into my sin with your grace and do for me what I can't do. Forgive me one more time and cleanse me from all unrighteousness and strengthen me by your heart. Hey, you guys, he loves you. If you're stuck in stuff that you are so ashamed of, he loves you. There's nothing he doesn't know. There's nothing he hasn't already died for. There's nothing that he hasn't already taken from you and brought into his body. So we're gonna take communion together. So if you don't have one of these cups, um, would you guys go ahead and raise your hand? And we'll have some people who will get these to you so we can take communion together. And it really is a beautiful thing that Jesus said, hey, here's what I know. You're gonna forget me. (laughs) You're gonna forget. You're gonna start thinking again that I love you based on your performance. You're gonna start feeling like you gotta be good enough for me to give you favor And so, you have to do this in remembrance of me. And I want you to remember this. You guys, this is how we know what love is. Okay? The scripture says this is how we know what love is that Jesus Christ would lay down his life for us and in his body, that he would give his body for us, taking your sin and putting it into himself. And he says, I want you to remember that. You are holy. You are holy. You are without blemish and you are free from any accusation you've been hearing inside your head because I took it away and I put it in my body. Let's remember how much he loves us. Let's take and eat in his body. Then the scripture tells us there's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. And so Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my cup of my blood of the new covenant shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And I want to tell you, man, I love this every morning when I take this and I feel it on my tongue, go down into my throat and down into my being. And just remember, I am clean, not because of anything I've done, because of what Jesus has done for me. Let, even right now, even right now, if you have anything you need to confess to him, just do it and let his blood cleanse your conscience from acts that lead to death. So you're free to serve him. You guys, this is the good news. This is our strength. This is our joy. We are loved and we are forgiven, right? Let's take and drink in remembrance of him. Jesus, thanks for loving us like no human ever has. Thanks for knowing everything about us and desiring nothing but to come to us with mercy, with grace, and with love to heal us, to set us free. God, I pray for anybody in this room who came in today feeling guilt or shame or far from you because they feel like they're not good enough. And I pray that tonight your word would go deep into their soul and they'd hear the whisper of your spirit say, son, daughter, I love you. I love you. I gave my life for you. I took your sin into my body. It is gone and you are free and you are clean and you are forgiven. God, give us that grace tonight to know the love of Christ surpasses just knowing about it. I pray for that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, we're gonna close with the song that we've already sang about the love of God. And man, I just pray that you would just believe it, soak in it, relish in it, praise him for it, and just enjoy the freedom that Christ has given us, all right? Let's stand and let's worship Jesus.